Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. So the vision behind Sunday nights is to provide a space where we can go after the things of God. Obviously, we're going after the things of God on a, on a Sunday morning and throughout the week, but we wanted to create an extra space where maybe we could do some of the stuff that we can't always fit in on a Sunday morning. I mean, this morning it was just we were rammed to the back, but this evening we've got a little bit more space, and it just allows us a little bit more flexibility around what we're going to do. And because it's about pushing in and, and seeking more of God, I, I, we had a spare evening, um, and I was preparing the teaching rotor, and I was just thinking... what. What are the things that you're pushing in for personally, Paul? And I was just asking myself that question. And one of the things that came up was healing. I want to go after more healing. I want to go after more of the kingdom of God in that area. And I thought, well, if I'm thinking like that, maybe other people are thinking like that. And I just thought it would be a great one-off just to take a Sunday evening and go after healing. So I'm only actually going to speak for probably about... 15 minutes or so, famous last words from a preacher. <laughs> but I really don't want to speak for very long because it's about all of us pushing into that and all of us taking hold of that. It's not about me imparting information tonight. It's probably not a very good sermon tonight, but that's not the point of it. The point is that there's just a few things that God has laid on my heart. I want to share those. But tonight's going to be very short if you guys don't participate. And on kind of, so I'm going to be asking questions. I'm going to even be asking for some testimonies. So I want you guys to engage. I want you guys to be part of what goes on tonight. Is that all right? Because I feel that this is something for us corporately. Romans 12 says this, verse 3. For by the grace given me, this is the Apostle Paul, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. If we're going to push in, there's a sense in which we need to have an understanding of where we're at. When Paul's talking about sober judgment, he's not talking about condemnation. He's talking about having a realistic understanding of where we are at, in particular places and in about particular things. So I just want us to spend a, a moment or two just asking God where we're actually at with healing. (laughs) See, faith doesn't deny the facts. It helps us recognize where we're at. So tonight, I need us all, we all need to be brave. And that bravery comes in the form of honesty. We need to have open hearts that allow God to honestly show us where we're at without putting the defenses up, without kind of thinking that maybe we're further on than we are because that's the starting point for pushing in is having an understanding of where we're at. So... Those of you who are familiar with Sozo will kind of recognize this next um, little exercise. So I'd like us all just to close our eyes for a moment, if we can. Just take a couple of, of deep breaths. And I want you just to ask this question. You can say it out loud. Well, actually, I'd like us all to say this out loud. And then I just want us to hear what God actually says back to us. It might not be a booming voice. It might just be a thought that pops into your head. So don't overanalyze this or else it's just not going to work. So Holy Spirit, 
would you show me what I really believe about healing? Unlike Sozo, I'm not going to ask you to repeat that. I just want you to hold that. That's simply for you to think about and you to analyze. But let me ask you some questions, and this is where the interaction comes in. So, question number one Who has never seen anybody that they've prayed for healed? This is where we've got to be honest. Is there anybody who's never, who's prayed for somebody and they've never seen anybody healed? Okay, so we got one, we got two, okay. So I'm going to move on. Just need to hold that for a moment. So qu next question is, who has seen everybody that they've ever prayed for healed? If you have, I will gladly give you the microphone. <laughs> okay, and question number three is this. Who has seen some people healed? and some not healed when they've prayed. I think that's pretty much a lot of our experience, isn't it? Most of us have seen something of the supernatural. Does anybody want to share about a time when they've um, prayed for somebody and they've got healed? This is where the testimonies come in. Come on then, Dorothy. We'll start with Dorothy. <laughs> Give her a clap. I will just say that this is on tape, so if you want to kind of exclude names, then just let's just keep it a little bit general. Um, th this happened uh, a number of years ago, but it was so significant, I haven't forgotten it. Um, we, Ron and I were involved at a church at that time that ran special Sunday evening meetings, which were really focused at outreach and guests and ministry. And... Um, both of us were felt that, that our part in that was prayer and intercession. And so we used to go into an upper room and, and ask Father how to pray. And often there were words of knowledge given and, and all that sort of thing. Well, one, Stephen had an accident and fractured his hip and was confined to a wheelchair, which meant we couldn't get upstairs. So I was sitting at the back of the meeting with Stephen. Ron was upstairs. Um, leading the prayer meeting and um, I was just there. I wasn't really engaged. I didn't feel it was my place. I, I wanted to be upstairs. And um, there, there were several words of knowledge given and um, one of them in particular was about a, uh, someone who had um, some problem with their arm and um, this... Uh, lady responded I wasn't paying any attention there were five or six words given I wasn't paying any attention until somebody tapped me on the back and pointed to whoever was leading the meeting and the the, the elder was asking me to go and pray for this lady and I wasn't I was not involved <laughs> and so I I did as I was told <laughs> and um, uh, the, the music was quite loud so we found a a little corner, and um, 
I, I s spoke to her and I said, what was the problem? And she rolled up her sleeves and right up here. And you could see that her arms were blue, absolutely blue. Circulation had been affected. And she said she'd been in a car crash and had some injury to her spine and it had affected her circulation. Um, so I thought, right, <laughs> still not there. And I, I just put my hand on the back of her neck and just said, Father, will you do your work? Will you heal? Um, and she suddenly said, oh. So I, I sort of said, right, Lord, uh, more. <laughs> Faith was coming. <laughs> more. And then she rolled up her sleeve and you could see that her arm had become pink down to her elbow. Um, and then I prayed again, and it, it right until she had absolute and complete healing of her arms. But then um, I said to her, well, then, I mean, I could have believed anything. And I... <laughs> I said to her, was there anything else you want Father to do for you tonight? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she then poured out her heart and talked about how her friend had died in this tragic accident. And I spent some time bringing the tender presence of the Holy Spirit to heal not just the physical, but the emotional wounds too. Thanks, Dorothy. Do we have one or two more, maybe? Jim, come on then. Well, if you heard my test from the last week, most of you must have done, I'm sure. Um, but a long time ago, <coughs> this would be about 1980, and we were in a church where it was led by six men. And we were friends, my wife and I were friends with this lady. She was a widow, many years a widow. And, and we just hit it off together. But she had spondylitis in the neck. And it was so bad that when, it, when the attacks came on really badly, you could tell because her eyes went cross-eyed. She really went cross-eyed. And I used to go over and say to her, would you like me to take you home? She said, oh, yes, please. This, this went on for a while, a year or so. And then one night, <coughs> I was just going to bed, be about half 10, 11 o'clock. The phone rang. She said, Jim, you'll have to come and pray for me. I'm in absolute agony. I can't go on anymore. So I said, okay, I'll be over. And it probably took me five minutes to get to where she lived. And I was just crying out to God, saying, what do I do? What do I do? Um, because when you see someone in pain like that, and you think, what do you do? <laughs> so as I went, I just got the word forgiveness. So I went in, and I said to her, um, I just want to bring the word forgiveness. Does it mean anything to you? She said, and she, I said, just ask the Holy Spirit if there's anyone you need to forgive. And straight away she said yes, and she mentioned this lady who was a cousin. And I said, well, would you like to forgive her? And she said, yes. She prayed the prayer. And I prayed such a simple prayer, and it went. 
Yet she was 65 then, and she lived till she was 95. And she never had another pain from that area of her, of her neck. <laughs> that isn't all. The lady she forgave, three months later, got born again. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Have we got one more? I think we've got time for one more before we move on. Come on, then. <laughs> Do you want to just introduce yourself, then, a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm Kerry. Just kind of wandered in a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, I work in a chemist in North Shields, and I see lots of, like, ill people that come in, but this one man came in this time, and... Um, he seemed so low and sad, and he was bright yellow, so I obviously knew there was something wrong with him, like really yellow, he could glow in the dark almost. Um, and I always try to have a little bit of talk with people when I'm in the chemist, you know, like when they come in and they're really down and stuff, but obviously you can't say too much about God when you're at work. Um, so when this one man left, after having a little chat with him, I had a quick little pray to God as he was leaving the building. I hadn't saw him, I thought of him for a couple of months, but the next time he came in, he was healed of his um, jaundice. He had liver problems for over three years, and he just actually said to me, when I'd said, you're looking really well, I can't believe how well you look, and he went, it's a miracle. Um, <laughs> I didn't tell him that I'd prayed for him. But he just said, it's a miracle, just over the last couple of months, my, my jaundice that I've had for over yet three years has just totally gone. Couldn't explain it. Fantastic. Well, during the summer, um, Anna and I were asked by somebody to pray for their shoulder. And we prayed in, I don't know what Anna felt, but I didn't really feel very much. We just prayed this lady went away. The next week, she came back, and she goes, you never guess what? I went to bed last Sunday. Well, actually, it was Saturday. I went to bed last Saturday, and my shoulder was completely pain-free, and it stayed that way. Yesterday, yesterday at the healing rooms, there was a lady who came in who'd had a car crash in 2004, and she was suffering stiffness and joint pain and all sorts. And the team prayed, and when she left, she stayed for the entire thing, just sitting in the presence of God. But when she left, and once the team had prayed for her, most of her pain had gone. The pain in her back had gone. One of her legs was incredibly stiff. And she said, we, we kind of record what people say. And, the, and she said, my leg has gone limp in a good way. <laughs> if your leg can go limp in a good way. But she was beginning to get her movement back. Um, so God is still in the business of healing. Should I mess with your theology and tell you about the time my dog got healed? <laughs> Do you want to hear that one? Go on. <laughs> so this one, this one is years and years ago when I was, um, I guess I was about 14 or 15. And my dog, her name was Sophie. She was a, a Labrador uh, Alsatian cross. Not that that has anything to do with the story. But anyway, she developed a cough. I don't know if it was kennel cough, but she was just hacking away day after day after day. And then I was in the house by myself one day, and this just got so on my nerves. I just turned around to the dog, and I went, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And that was purely out of frustration and out of just, I just had enough. That dog never coughed again. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, before we get into some practical stuff, I just want to talk about a couple of aspects of healing, and then we're going to move into stuff that we're all going to get involved with. So one of the main things I want to say about healing is that it's a mark of the kingdom of God. Luke 9, the first two verses. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out, and listen to this, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So it is an authentic mark of the kingdom. See, the kingdom is, what's the kingdom? It's the domain of the king, if you break the word down. So it declares that everything is subject to the rule and authority of Jesus. The enemy has been defeated. It declares the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, it demonstrates the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Even cancer, even death has to bow the name to the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's one of the things that we've got to remember. It's about the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. See, one of those powers and one of those authorities was sickness, and Jesus completely disarmed it on the cross. That image there is that of a defeated army. The Romans would come in, they would defeat the army, then they would parade the army and its generals and its leaders all the way through the conquered kingdom. And what they would do, they would strip away all the titles and all the glory that these defeated generals and kings had, and they would take them. You want to know something? That's why Lucifer and Jesus can both be called bright morning star, because that's a title that Jesus stripped from Satan when he was defeated by the cross. Amen? It declares to a broken world and to individuals that God of the universe is interested in them. God's interested in each and every one of us, and it's just a demonstration of that. So if you're sick tonight, I want to say that God is interested in you. There might be disappointment, there might be questions, but I'm here to say God is interested in you tonight. And we're going to get to praying for people very, very shortly. See, not all of the benefits of the, of the cross are for the future. Some of those benefits are for now. And one of those benefits is healing and the defeat of sickness. That is something that we can walk in and that is something that we can have access to now. We don't have to wait until we die to have all of that access. It's available to us now. You see, Jesus didn't just die to get us into heaven. He died to deal with sin and the consequences of sin. Sickness and death came into the world because of sin, and all of that was dealt with on the cross. You see, healing is for today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So if Jesus healed when he walked on the earth, he's still in the business of healing today. Amen? He is still in the business. And I've looked and I've searched and I can't find any biblical evidence that says that the supernatural finished with the death of the apostles and the close of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm just going to read a few verses here. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through a spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. See, Paul uses the present tense. By the time that that was written, all the apostles already had their gifts. So if that was just limited to the apostles in the New Testament, then he would have used the past tense, but he uses the present tense. See, there's a system of theology that says that healing supernatural is no longer for today. My biggest issue with this is that it still attributes power to the enemy, yet the God who won the greatest eternal victory that the universe, the cosmos has ever seen, is limited, has decided to sit on his hands. I don't think so. <laughs> Come on. See, the pressure is off, right? And this is a big thing about healing. The pressure is off. We don't have to work it up. You see, a policeman's authority doesn't come from how loud he shouts. It comes from the uniform he wears and the government that backs him up. We, as believers, have authority this evening. Not just a few people, we all have authority. And that authority doesn't come from how loud we shout, how well we can preach. It comes from the kingdom of God that backs that with its authority. It's delegated authority. Jesus has given us delegated authority. It's all because of his grace. Grace simply means God giving me what I don't deserve. So we don't have to be good enough. You know, if you're sick tonight, do not exclude yourself from being used for healing. Because it's not about you and it's not about me, it's about him. So that doesn't really matter whether we're sick or, well, I'm sick so God could never use me to heal anybody. Yes, he could. That's one of the mysteries of the whole thing. See, we sometimes talk about having the gift of healing. That term, the gift of healing, is not in the Bible. The term that's used is gifts of healing. Is it possible that the healing is actually the gift? And that we're simply the vessel that God uses to deliver that gift? It's a way to think about it. You see, it's not about us. It's about him and what he's done. The other thing about healing is we give up too easily. I want to encourage you, don't give up tonight. Don't give up. 
If you listen to the stories of those who are moving in healing, you will find that they spent, quite often, they spent years, they prayed for thousands of people before they ever saw a single healing. If they'd given up, they wouldn't be walking in what they're walking in now. And it's the same for us. Don't give up. Whether you've never seen a healing and you've prayed and you're thinking, well, this thing doesn't work, don't give up. If you're waiting for your healing, don't give up. Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know what the better translation of that actually is? Keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. There is something in the kingdom, and I don't understand it. There is something about persistence. We have to persist in some of these things. Whether it's to start moving in this stuff or whether it's receiving your own healing, we have to persist. We give up too easily. What happens if the next prayer that you pray is the one that brings a breakthrough? You get to eternity and God says, you know what, if you prayed one more time, you would have seen the breakthrough. Because of the delay, we often think that we're having to twist God's arm around this. Couldn't be further from the truth. See, God didn't win the greatest victory that the universe has ever seen, only to then withhold its benefits from his kids. What would have been the point in winning all of that victory and then to not release the benefits of that? It's for today. Keep on keeping on. See, sometimes I believe we operate from a, a place of lack where we think that we have to twist God's arm. We think that if we just, you know, keep on nagging him, then he'll just give us what we want because just, well, just to shut us up. Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we get it the wrong way around. Sometimes we think that heaven operates like earth. See, the economy of earth, the economics of the earth, is about the allocation of limited and scarce resources and how best to use those resources. Therefore, you have to make a choice about those resources. You have to choose, well, if I put them over here, then I can't put them over here. Let me tell you, the economy of heaven works very differently because there is no lack in heaven. There is nothing, there is no limit to what there is in heaven. So we don't, God, the, heaven doesn't operate like earth. And we need to flip our mindset. We need to change that mindset that says, well, if God heals this person over here, then maybe there's not enough healing for me. There is unlimited resources in heaven that were made available through the cross. So rather than deciding that we're not going to pursue this healing stuff because this person didn't get healed or that person didn't get healed, how about we start thinking, well, most of us have seen a healing, at least one, put our hands up. How about we remember the time that that person did get healed and out of that we go, you know what, I've seen God do it before, I believe he can do it again and let's persist in that.